Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. Lots to cover on tonight's show, as always. India level the series, but England proving a very difficult opponent. We'll talk a little bit of Jasprit Bumrah, some Jaiswal as well, some contrasting success for the two spin attacks and potential changes for the third test. Golfing injuries in Abu Dhabi, <laughs> notwithstanding. We'll also talk a little bit of New Zealand, South Africa. Kane, the GOATs. Uh, goes back to back we've got Ravindra we've got Santnat we've got a balance of the New Zealand attack and any changes for that second test looks like there'll be one enforced change mm. Daryl Mitchell injured going into that second test match and much much more all coming up on the Top Order podcast stay tuned well boys another week of test cricket um, mm. really keen to yeah delve into both games of cricket um, particularly, I've got, I've got some questions for you, Lip, about that New Zealand. Oh, good. We're uh, going to talk about New Zealand. South Africa, South Africa series. But I, I think, you know, even you have done the running order and you know that we've got to start with England, uh, England, India. Uh, a levelling of the series, um, probably not in quite the way that was expected. You know, we, we felt there might be a bit more in that pitch, but we, yeah, we'll come on to talk about that. But I, I guess first impressions from the neutrals, first and foremost, from this game in uh, Vishakapatnam or Vizag as it's been shortened to I know um, yeah. don't quite know how they get that but that's fair enough well easier to say isn't it I guess um, but yeah uh, what do we think about the, the, the test match it's been an enthralling series so far hasn't it it's been two high quality games of cricket there's been some big big innings one from Ollie Pope and now uh, Jaswell's got, a, got himself a double hundred so you know big big innings in there probably flying a little bit in the face of I think how a lot of people would have conceived of the series maybe being a bit more low scoring but it's good to see batters who can get in and get themselves set getting big, getting big scores but there's lots and lots of starts in both innings if you have a look at the scores you know the lower score is what 253 of the four innings so there's lots of lots of uh, runs on offer for the teams that can uh, can get them in and get get themselves going yeah well I, I mean I would like to pick up on that because I, I know that there's we've sort of talked about pitches and yeah it, can I just say it's fantastic that we're not like sitting here debating like we're obviously talking about pitches now but we're not going to be sitting here going oh that's a terrible pitch or that was really unfair I think we've seen two pitches that have been absolutely excellent for quality cricket and I think you and I, Binksy, certainly on the Slack channel, I don't know how much we mentioned it, at least in our preview, but we kind of thought, okay, if they're going to prepare pitches that are not a lottery, they're pitches that if you bowl good spin, you get rewarded, that's going to favour India, right? Like India won't, lo India won't lose on surfaces where it's a level playing field in that sense because their spin attack is so much better. So I don't understand. Why, why has that not happened? I know India obviously won this test, you know, but they—they England is making it very, very difficult for them, and obviously they won that first test. Yeah, well, any time a guy gets 196, you're a chance of winning a test match, right? And I think all other things being roughly equal, the obvious answer is that you know, in the first test, an England guy got 196, and in the second test, an Indian guy got 209, and those are the you know causal factors. But it's actually a lot more nuanced than that, right? There's a lot more to unpack. Yeah, look, it, it, yeah, look, I, I guess there's been a stat doing the rounds on, on Twitter and, well, it, not just on Twitter, it was actually in the game, so it was a legitimate <laughs> statistic around the India England spinners operating at pretty close to an average of 30 for the wickets that they took across the, the test match and comparison to the Indian spinners probably closer to, to 40. I, I, I think obviously the key or one of the keys, I think, was Ravi Jadeja has been sensational for India over a pretty decent period of time. Mm. Me and Bordy were just talking actually about Axar and his, you know, his stats, you know, has started really, really well. We've probably got to see him play away to, to judge, you know, how good a spinner is. Yeah. But apart from that, you know, what was a crucial wicket by Kuldeep Yadav in the second innings, and we may go on to talk about that, uh, that LBW decision. And he, he didn't have a massive, you know, a massive amount of impact. He got three for in the, in the first innings, but, um, um, I think England have played the spin pretty well, um, which isn't you know what you would expect from no. an England an England side. But when you now look down that batting order, Joe Root's always probably been a pretty good player of spin. Um, Ollie Pope, I think, has found a, a method. Um, Bairstow, I think, with his white ball success is is you know, and particularly now with with DRS, 
if you look at the way he sets up, he's, he doesn't want to get that pad anywhere in the way of the ball. He wants to hit everything through the offside. And then we've talked quite a lot about Ben Duckett, who was known back in his early 20s as a really, really good player of spin. Mm. And then, Zach, you know, Zach Crawley has used his levers and his... Um, you know, his length of stride really, really, really well. So I think they've just had a really, really good game plan um, and have combated exactly what India would have wanted to do, which was, you know, get the ball into the surface. Um, and look, you've arguably got to say that I'm really interested in your thoughts on Shoaib Bashir. For a, you know, we, we've had a little bit of a recent history of England uh, spinners doing pretty well on debut. He's probably not quite got the fifer that Ryan Ahmed did or the seven for that Tom Hartley did or even the fifer that Will Jacks uh, got in his first game. But he looked mighty impressive um, for, a, yeah, for a debutant um, off spinner um, and certainly rivaled probably the, the accuracy that you'd come to expect really from an Axar and a Ravi Jadeja. Absolutely. And I mean, to, to before I answer that question, I think the point about England, the way England's batters have combated the Indian spinners has been so so impressive, and I, and I, like in uh, in all the other conversations that are going on, I don't know that that's kind of got enough credit because yeah. the the fact that like yeah, we thought Ashwin was going to dominate this series. We thought uh, you know Jadeja obviously missed that second test, but you know basically that was that was in most people's minds the key to this series that these spinners. You know, nobody was going to be able to come here and baseball their way to a victory yeah. because these spinners were so dominant. And, and and it still might and it still might be. We've we've got uh, three yeah three games to to go, and I, I think we've got to talk Bordy about y- Yashasvi Jaiswal. Do you want um, to talk about Bashir? Um, can can I talk, yeah, talk about, about Bashir? Let, yeah, yeah. Let's because I do think that yeah. What stood out to me actually about him was mainly just that he did not look overawed in any way by the moment I think if you look at Tom Hartley's debut that first set, you know first spell that he bowled I know he obviously came back and things have like he's bounced back in, a, in an enormous way and we might talk about him more in, in later on in this, this podcast but I think that the Bashir just he looked really comfortable and you know for someone who's played what was it six first class games 10 wickets or something before that you know improved his first class average by bowling in this test match like I thought that was that was very very impressive and and I think in many ways it kind of just stands for everything that baseball is supposed to be it makes that when I think about what the baseball kind of environment is supposedly doing it seems like it just makes people feel 10 feet tall when they're standing at the top of the crease with the ball in their hand or with the bat it feels like we don't need it doesn't matter if you fail like we trust you and just go out there and perform and it makes people feel like okay that's fine I'll just run in and do my job I'll run in and try things and do whatever and yeah I mean he didn't have he didn't have a whirlwind game like people aren't going to look back at this and go you know four for 200 yeah but but I think he looked comfortable enough at that level and that's sort of in my opinion kind of all you want and I think yeah I, I think he did a good job Bordy, bit of leg spin in there as well with Ryan Ahmed. I've got a question here for for both of you, and um, he came in as the the Nighthawk as well. Um, yeah. Um, would he be a better batter or a better bowler? And the answer can't be yes. Oh, damn it! That was going to be what I because you'd always do that. Will he be this or that? Yes. I think he will be a better bowler than he will bat. But he's going to be like he's going to grow into his role in Test cricket. He's flown under the radar in this series. Not many people are talking about Rayan Ahmed's contribution, but he's got eight wickets in this series, averaging thirty six, striking at under sixty. In fact, he's under fifty five in terms of his strike rate. So that's good for a leggy. Um, and in India, where conditions typically favour finger spin a little bit more, just in terms of the surface uh, and how quick the surface is, I think he's done really well. Yeah. I, I think he'll be. I, I'm really impressed with him. I, I actually think uh, of the three, I think he'll be the best, the the best spinner out of all you know out of all of those young guys. I, I mean, you know, who knows? It's very early to tell in, in all of their careers, but I, I just think he's got he's kind of got something. And yeah, I, I've been very very impressed with the way he's he's gone about things. I think the interesting part is sort of the way that Stokes has used all three spinners mm. has been really fascinating to me because Ryan didn't even bowl till like after tea. Yeah. Joe Root opened the bowling. 60 odd overs into the, yeah. In the first innings, yeah. then like second innings. A leggies uh, can't bowl with a new ball though. No. Like, he can't bowl a leggy with a new ball. That but, would be sacrilege. 
but for you know second innings almost completely reversed mm. like Root hardly bowled Rahan Ahmed and Tom Hartley bowled most of the overs whereas mm. yeah first innings Bashir bowled 38 over. It, Root like, was off the field for a lot of yes, that second, yeah, yeah, second, yeah. Yeah, second yeah. innings well, whilst we're talking about the, the England bowling and we are going to come on to, to India I, I promise you uh, particularly <laughs> Indian fans um, a word on Jimmy Anderson's performance in in this test match look I, I'm super biased but yeah look a, a couple of the wickets that, that he took that um, yeah bowled off stump uh, delivery um, w- you know was absolutely sensational uh, a couple of nick offs as well you know got everything he could out of that um, out of that pitch I mean I feel like I've been asking you for the last couple of years you know is this Jimmy's last series is this Jimmy's last year but he looked pretty good in that game and and I think from that performance He's going to play. Every, like I would pick him now for for every test that you know, fitness and all of that kind of stuff, load management, all of, all of that. You would pick him as your frontline spinner now, or front, same, frontline same seamer. He's still just quick enough. Yeah, okay. just quick enough. But you'd pick him as your frontline seamer if you're going to keep going with your this balance of the attack. I think he's your one because of that craft and the way that he's able to sum up the conditions. And I think what he also offers, which maybe Mark Wood didn't offer, is that that just he's able to be kind of what a spinner is able to do sometimes in other conditions. He can hold, yeah. he, he can be the holding bowler it, where he it, goes it two and over. Yeah, economy two point one seven in this test well, match what, across is what thirty five well, overs and one point eight in the in the first yeah first innings, which yeah yeah I thought was a typo. I really did. Yeah, yeah, superb. Um, just on Ryan Ahmed versus the other spinners, I really like Tom Hartley. I know it's an easy thing to say, but he's made runs oh. with the bat and he's got, what, 14 wickets now? He's tall. Like, he's got an action, I think, that can survive and, and thrive in lots of different conditions, particularly when there's offering when it's offering bounce. So <laughs> yeah, look, I, have hope, keeps Adam. Looking at me because have hope, Adam. Yeah. I don't know whether Liffy's going to admit it or whether I need no, to post the messages I, in, uh, uh, from our Slack channel on public uh, public social media. For, uh, look, I'd written him off after that first inning, so I will completely admit to that. I, I thought he, I thought you know, I just said Bashir looked didn't look overawed at all. I thought Hartley looked, you know, the moment was the, the moment didn't didn't look like he could manage the moment in the sense that he was just not consistent enough. Like I, I, I get that he was like he seemed comfortable and fine yeah, out yeah. there, and that was, but yeah. but he wasn't able to land. His deliveries and he was bowling them all over the place he was bowling too many loose balls and I think particularly as a finger spinner you need to be consistent mm. but I think you know obviously he got seven foot in the next innings and you know it was a match winning performance I actually think the more impressive part is that he came back in this test and I think bowled better was a you know didn't get quite the results he's bowled in four innings and I think he's improved yeah. in each innings that he's bowled in yes and yeah. I, on the whole yeah. on the whole yeah and it, and I I I think that's the more impactful you know thing that he can probably take away and go okay well like I'm actually getting better and more comfortable yep. at this level and figuring things out and then he was able to bowl with more control and with able to bowl at a better economy rate and all that kind of stuff and yeah I, I think that bodes well look whether he you know you and I were talking about whether he he should be the, the frontline spinner for, for England going forward whether you know I, I don't think you just discard Jack Leach I think he's been a, you know a handy a handy cricketer yeah. for them for a long time and yeah but we, I, we shall see if- and I, look I, I don't necessarily don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying about Jack Leach and what you said on the Slack channel about Jack Leach um, I think what I you know my view um, on seeing a little bit of him um, you mentioned you know Bashir didn't look overawed. I didn't think that Tom Hartley looked overawed, and even in that first innings where he was getting a bit of tap in that first Test match, mm. his body language I thought was really, really good. His body language certainly when he came out to bat was really, really good. Um, I think if you kind of look at his figures in that first game as well, I, I can't remember exactly what they were, but his first nine overs I think went for sixty odd. Um, he then bowled sixteen overs and went for about the same off those sixteen overs. So when you kind of put that into isolation, sixteen overs, two for sixty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he bowled with a new ball. You know, he wouldn't have done that a hell of a lot, even for Lancashire, because um, he hasn't played a lot of red ball cricket. So I think his ceiling could be um, a little bit like an Ashley Giles type player, that you, a guy that you can play home and away. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, there's some parallels again with, you know, with, with Ajax to a certain extent. England are probably only going to play one spinner at home yeah. um, in pretty much all conditions, apart from maybe Old Trafford on occasions. Mm. So they, they need to find someone. And I think particularly if they want to go down the route in the very near future of getting folks into the side who we might talk about a little bit later on, 
then they probably need a, a, a spinning, you know, a spinning option that can offer a little bit with the bat. Um, or, or they need, a, you know, a top order player um, like a Stokes to offer a little bit of the ball if they're going to get that that balance. So that look, that's why I'm really excited about him. It's very early in his career, yeah. but I, I I think he's he he just looks the part as a as a Test cricketer. Has uh, taken a couple of you know catches in the, in the series as well and a run out. So he, he's he, got, his he, here is very entertaining for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Bordy, let's talk about Jaiswell. Um, and I guess I want to pro- probably just preface this by saying. It was double or nothing for India in that first innings, wasn't yeah. it? A double hundred and then thirty-four, I think, was the literally nothing else. Yeah. And I think if we look at this game, if England had got you know fifty more runs in that first innings, all of a sudden, probably when they got to the stage that they got in that fourth innings, you know, fifty to win instead of a hundred to win would have made a pretty you know bit a bit of squeaky bump. Uh, do India have some worries from a from a batting perspective? It looks as if KL Rahul's going to come back in for the next game but we're, we're hearing that uh, Virat Kohli's out for the next two test matches yeah. um, so he, he won't be back until at least the the, the, fifth, the fifth test but yeah I mean first let's talk about Jaiswell fantastic innings but then any worries for India from a, from a batting perspective? What do you think Paul? Yeah, I mean yeah I, I'm often the one uh, you know going going a bit doolally anytime Jaiswell does anything I'm, I'm you know very happily to it happy to admit that uh, I, I love watching him play I think the way he, he he's a guy who uh, he you can see that his natural instinct is to score all the time isn't it and the way he attacked those spinners it's obviously been like part of England or India's plan to attack those spinners not let those Indian spin, uh, English spinners settle go after them and the way he's able to get down use his feet like some of the you know some of the shots he was playing over cover and stuff beautiful beautiful stuff but I think that again what impressed me the most about this innings is that like you just said people were wickets were falling all the time and I think he had to show a lot of maturity to actually continue on and make sure that India got to four you know to 400 because they needed all of those runs in the end and I think Mm. you know the way he was able to not get to 100 and go oh cool now I can start smashing it all over the place he was able to kind of dig in against Anderson when Anderson made him work hard yeah, I think it showed a lot of a lot of positives for his development and, and long term kind of career mm. to push on and make that hundred a big double hundred. I think this is a, a little bit an answer to your question, Stu. Why have these Test matches been so competitive? Normally, in the past, and we kind of saw it a little bit in the first Test, multiple Indian players having got a start get 60, 70, 80. We saw that in the first Test, and uh, where India went big in that innings. In the second test, you have a look, even though they got 396, and, and you pointed it out, Adam, no one really got past 34, and that was Shubman Gill. He's the guy who's probably under the most scrutiny in that batting lineup from a long-term, you yeah. know, what's his position look like when everyone's fit, healthy, and available kind of point of view. So there is a there is a lot to examine in terms of that Indian batting. I think you've got a couple of guys in there that are filling some pretty big boots. Patidar and and others are filling some pretty big, you know, Kohli, Rahul-sized yeah. boots. We haven't seen, in the absence of those two guys, Rohit Sharma step up and make a lot of runs in this mm. series. So India are allowing, not allowing, but India through their lack of um, big scores, multiple batters getting big scores, allowing in, in England into the game a little bit, and England are taking full advantage of that. Um, so, you know, traditionally what we've seen from India is, you know, they get 500 for three, you know, Lakshman gets 200, Rahul gets 100, Tendulkar gets 270. We're not seeing that at the moment, okay? Mostly because those guys have been retired for 15 or 16 years, but you're seeing you're not seeing that, that that kind of big contributions multiple guys going big for, for India at the moment I, I think it's a good point you almost sort of slipped it out by by accident but I think India have gifted England a lot of wickets in this test and or in this series so far and you know you could put that down to the way that England's bowled and kind of attacked them at, at different times but I think India when they if they just look at each dismissal of the you know throughout this series so far I think they'll be disappointed with the way that the dismissals at least are happening you're frowning? I, yeah, I think that probably, to be honest, doesn't give enough credit to the way that Stokes has, has probably captained and the way that, that the guys have looked to attack throughout the course of the series. I, I'm not going to disagree. You know, even if we look at um, the, the way Jaiswal got out, all right, it was late. You know, he was having a little bit of a, 
Um, yeah, a little bit of a swing at that particular point. Mm. Um, a couple of guys, you know, holding out in the deep. But I, I thought that England set their fields really well. They knew when um, deep mid-wicket or deep square leg or deep cover was a, you know, was a catcher. It was a relatively small ground and it was a relatively, if it's past you, it's foreground as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think y- you take a little bit away from the way that England have... Um, have probably set some of their plans and, and been, you know, attacking with the ball. Um, and then, look, I think, again, England have, have caught pretty well um, in this, you know, in this series so far. And that hasn't been something you can say about them. Um, certainly if we go back pre-Basball and, and even elements of Basball, you know, they spilled a few against Australia. Yep. Um, but yeah, again, the catching, um, superb, not least from my man, uh, Folks. Uh, he took, yeah two blinders the, the inside edges you had to have a, a lie down after the <laughs> after the under edge catch didn't you it what? was it was a superb piece of uh, of wicket keeping mate I, yeah look inside edge uh or bottom edge um six foot two stayed down in the like mate yeah that, that's that's like <laughs> lippy going through the gate or a leg side stumping for me I, I, I look i think he's been exemplary with the mm. with the gloves and i think ryan Alm would call it out in some post match just said you know he's a, he's a freak and he trains so hard um for, for for all of that watching it watching some of the videos that you see of the social clips of him tra- training is really fun yeah. I will say that even as someone who you know probably doesn't uh, appreciate the art of wicket keeping as much as you do yes um let's talk a little bit about Jasprit Bumrah, me and Baldy, before you uh, turned up, Stu, have, have, have had a li- little look at the stats. There, and I th- look, I heard this somewhere, but there's only, um, other than SF Barnes, there's no one with more than 150 test wickets, um, a better average and strike rate than than Jasprit Bumrah. Wow. He's, he's average, his strike rate, I can't remember. I did write... Uh, low 40s. Low 40s. Um, but yeah, in terms of his average, just a tick over 20. Um, and look we can talk about how good he was in this test match but he's an awkward customer isn't he um an, an odd you know little stuttering run up that kind of i think would annoy the hell out of you <laughs> as a batter mm. um to to try and pick and if he was coming in one of those you know bat fast games you'd be you'd be sort of saying hold on the wi-fi is down um, he's, he's, he's stopped um, and then all of a sudden you're off stumps out the uh, out the ground not least that delivery to ollie pope and then also the way he sort of i don't know whether it hyper extends is the right um oh, phrase, that's, that's but he amazing. delivers the ball from almost in a, a, a couple of feet maybe even a meter in front of the popping crease so mm. he's already a yard quicker mm, exactly um, but yeah just freak look physically he's unlike a lot of biomechanically trained fast bowlers yeah. that have emerged over the last 15 or 20 years he is he has a res- reasonably unique run up although having said that I was down watching some junior cricket training yesterday and two guys in the nets in here in New Zealand were doing that exact action Brilliant. in the nets so it's 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 apparently copyable are they playing for us on Saturday not playing for us on Saturday sadly <laughs> but uh, they were in the under 11 so oh, like, in a few <laughs> in years, couple time, years time yeah, yeah. a couple of years time they'll be they'll be there uh, but his seam position is immaculate it, it, it seems like it doesn't look like it on the surface of it but it's a beautifully repeatable action it's very simple um, the biomechanics of his run are, are you know are really sound even though it doesn't look like it. it you know just in terms of where his hips and his shoulders are and all the rest of it he, he avoids injury but he's just such a great bowler to watch because he's just got the skills to execute oh, yeah. you know Yorkers and have the stumps clattering I got a text from uh, some mates in Australia I think there was one of the ones where he's kind of bowled one of the England players neck and crop and the stumps flying everywhere and it just came through and it says, has anyone ever been more bold in the history of Test cricket <laughs> Oh, that's got to that? have been Pope. Um, I think that might have been the Pope dismissal. And I had to sort of keep quiet because, you know, I didn't want to, you know, jinx anything or, or get the cricket karma gods going against me. But, yeah, he is superb. Uh, it, it's hard to believe we got this far in the podcast with not, not talking about him because, you know, I, if we just talked about the way England's gone about things. We talked about the... Uh, Jaiswell, a guy who scored double hundred. Mm. Jasper Brummer is the player of the match, and I think absolutely deserved that because he was like he's just so so you know for all the reasons that you've just talked about, he's so spectacular. But what I think what's even more impressive is the like he, he had a long time out of the game, and I think he's come back as an even better bowler. I, I think I talked about it in the World Cup. I, I banged on about it. I, I've just been so impressed with the way that he's come back, and he seems to have more skills than he had before. Like he's able to, you know, he, he's a perfect exponent of all the movement that, that they were able to extract in, in the air in, in, in this game. You know, he, he was just fantastic. The Yorkers, it felt like every time 
he just really embraced being a strike bowler, I think, in this game as well. Yeah. Whereas I don't think you, none of us expected, you know, we all talked about him as an important bowler. I don't think we thought he would be the most important bowler in this series. And basically every single time that England started to put the pressure on, Rohit Sharma went, please get us a wicket now, Jasper. Like, we need a wicket. And he, it felt like he said, okay, cool. Yeah. I will get your wicket. And he just delivered. And, and yeah. that's, what's, that's what's amazing about that guy, right? We talk about, like, great fast bowlers, and they're the guys that you turn to when your side's in trouble and you need a wicket. And, ev- and every, it seems like every time, as well, you say, he's, he's stood up for his captain and delivered the goods. Well, and a really important wicket of uh, Joe Root in that. Um, and, and he's got him on toast. He, yeah. you know, I think he's eight dismissals or yeah. something like that. But again, I just think this is a nod as well to the, the, the quality of the surface that totally. we're talking about a game where um, Mukesh was pretty much like anonymous in the test match wasn't I think yeah. he maybe bowled 10 or 12 overs maybe but the two other seam- apart, you know yeah. the, the two other seamers that we're talking about Jasper Mumra and, and Jimmy Anderson who you know will go down as two of the you know the best fast bowlers around took what 14 or 15 wickets out of 40 when yeah. you're expecting it's going to be um, yeah take take the shine off and, and watch the watch the spinners bowl uh, spinners bowl all day um, should we move on mm. um, and talk about Third test match. So England are off in Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, no, not not quite the hoopla about them going off there as as there was the well, last time that they went what, I, went to the, the Emirates. I do, was there? I do. Yeah, look, it, it, it's amazing how there's been a little bit of humble pie eating about mm. the, their preparations um, after the first two test matches here. Um, look, I'm sure the knives might come out again because my understanding is at the airport there was a there was a trolley with golf clubs on that was going to Abu Dhabi <laughs> and there was a trolley with cricket gear on that was going off to Rajkot. And, uh, Dan, Dan Lawrence took his cricket kit, though, I understand. I think he's going to play some T20 for, uh, for in, the, in the IL T20 while he's over there. All oh, right, well, he, he may... He's got to get yeah, a bat, doesn't he? May, may, may as well in between, uh, yeah, driving range and, and, and golf courses. But, um, yeah, England offer a bit of R&R. Um, looks as if it's unlikely that Harry Brook will return. So, uh, apparently, no contact with him. They're just, you know, letting him... Um, obviously deal with the, the family uh, matter and circumstances that have come up um, Jack Leach also a, a pretty big dive I think um, to continue on the tour he was ill um, to continue on the tour even. yeah so I, th- I think that, that that might be the the call that he's still you know really really struggling uh, okay. with that but I guess seven days um, yeah, R&R we, you, you don't know what's going to happen mm. um, happen there a bit of illness in the camp but hopefully they'll have sorted that out i think ben folks joe root and i think one other ollie pope or something like that were feeling ill on that final final morning so they've got the the stomach bug but that'll probably be gone but probably more news from the india camp virat's going to be missing for another couple of test matches and then rahul and jadeja back in so is is that a pretty simple swap that patadar goes out and maybe kuldeep goes out and ravi jadeja comes back in they're gonna have to change a seamer as well aren't they mukesh i think yeah siraj siraj is i think was being rotated out had a bit of a niggle and was rotated out so he sounds like he will be back as well so yeah i think that the and we've heard shami back or not because he was not that i I haven't seen any news about shami um i think he would be fantastic on these these yeah. surfaces i think it, that he's a, definitely a, a miss but yeah I, I haven't seen anything about him the word sounds like it's yeah sarajan for for mukesh I, I you you guys don't seem like you are that big on on cool deep i i would pick him ahead of akshar i i know that uh you know i know that the uh he offers way less with the bat obviously but i think that if you're bringing jadeja back you've got You've got Akshar, essentially. I, I know they are different bowlers, that the height for, for Akshar is different. But, but yeah, I just think Kuldeep's a better bowler. And In this series so far, has has the evidence of seeing Akshar in this series and Kuldeep in this series convinced you of that still? I think so, yeah. I think he's been... I think he's more likely to take Because the wickets. stats don't tell you that story. I, I think he's more likely... Uh, Akshar's stats aren't good, are they? They're not great, but neither are Kuldeep's. Well, I don't are know. Are we talking about batting stats? No, <laughs> bowling stats. Oh, in this series. In this series. Oh, right, I was going to yeah. say. In stats, this series. His career stats are pretty good. Yeah, no, they're, yeah okay. they're great. Yeah, I, look, I, I just think that against this attack, I think he's more... Uh, this, a batting attack from England I think he's a, he's a more dangerous proposition you know I do agree I agree with you guys that they'll probably just go with Akshar and Jadeja Kuldeep will miss out I, I think yeah Patidar is probably the one that misses out um, for, for Rahul for, for KL Rahul 
it, and you know, Shubman Gill and and Aya were probably the ones that were, as you guys touched on before, were and were really playing for their spots. And and I think you know, particularly, I mean, Shubman Gill, we we didn't mention that he did get a hundred and like in the second innings, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, look, and got a crucial a, innings, got a hundred cr- crucial innings. I think had a little bit of rub of the green, and, and yep. that isn't. Uh, um, so Indian fans, I'm sure you're going to be all over the Twitter comments, but you know, I, I think we, we've not probably talked about it, and I don't think it impacted the game massively. But Chris Gaffney had a poor game, yeah, um, with yeah, with his decisions, and I think there was a you know there was a, an LB that was a an umpire's call um, that went with 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 Gill, um, yeah, and there was a very similar one that went Crawley. yeah that went with yeah went the other way, uh, and then yeah, even he didn't know he'd got a little tickle on that one, so. Um, yeah, you know the really, really fine oh, and margins and inside edges, and yeah, yeah he absolutely was, um, pay, paid off. For yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good, hundred. Well, and and he needed that, and even yeah. after that, like his, I couldn't believe it because you sort of think about him as you know the wonder kid, don't you? Like the way he's kind of talked about, and 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 even like a year, let's say you know wind it back twelve months. That's sort of what I thought. That here we go. Here's Shubman Gill. He's going to be. Yeah. everything that they're promising because he's just scoring hundreds for fun, certainly in the white ball formats. But you look at his test record, he's played 22 tests now and he averages 31, even after that 100, which is a pretty modest return in, in this in this sort of day and age. It is, but I wonder if he's better off opening the batting. And I know he's got to get past Rohit and Jaswal and, and a bunch of, you know, potentially a bunch of others in there waiting in the wings yeah. as well to open the batting for India. The spot's at three, he's taken it. I think it's one of those ones where you kind of just have to trust that he is going to come off for you and and he's going to keep improving. Yeah. I, look, I, I think he, he will be a mainstay of, of that order. I think he's got the technique and he's got the temperament for, for test cricket and I think you give him a, yeah, you give him a, a decent run. I, I don't think they'll go cool deep. Um, and and I, yeah, I've, I've got to say, I think bringing him into the side really does affect the balance because they've got that opportunity where um, Axar, Jadeja and Ashwin can all probably bat, oh, yeah. you know, well, we know, yeah. we know Jadeja can definitely bat five. Um, Actually, I Ash- six in this game. Ash- Ashwin so. can probably bat six and a half, um, and, and Axar sim- similar. They'd probably then need to make a call that maybe Rahul comes back in, keeps wicket, and Barat goes out. Um, although Barat's had a you know really decent series with with the gloves, mm. uh, definitely not the best keeper um, on showing the series. <laughs> but you know he's, he's done he's done well with the gloves, and I think will be needed. Um, if they're going to pick three, yeah, three spinners. So it, I think it's really difficult. And called it would be a bit of a luxury, I think. Whereas I think England are quite comfortable that Ryan Arm is that luxury because they've got Root as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a top order guy who can, can bowl a few overs. So so England, no changes? Um, it, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Um, if there is any, you know, any more, you know, any more seam on option. I, I think given the fact that they've got a pretty decent rest period, I think if the pitch um, and conditions look anything similar to what we've seen so far, um, as long as all the guys pull up the same, uh, I don't see any reason. We've got probably a little bit of a doubt around uh, Joe Root, um, his finger. Mm. That we don't know how bad that was. Don't know whether that frenetic second innings knock was to do with the fact he couldn't hold the bat or to do with the fact that, you know, um, yeah, he, he took a, a sugared Red Bull in, instead of a no sugar one just before he went into bat. Um, so that probably be the only, yeah, the only concern from now. But yeah, who knows if they, you know, slip on a tee box or whatever <laughs> over the course of the next, uh, the next, uh, next week or so. Let's move on. Let's talk some Test cricket on these fair shores. Um, so look, convincing, convincing uh, victory. Can I get can I get a controversial statement out of the way first? Um, ask Bordy when Bordy rocked up. Is this in the World Test Championships? And the answer was yes. Do you feel at all ro- kind of robbed in a way that these are pretty? And I don't mean this in a nasty way about New Zealand, but these are pretty cheap points for for New Zealand against what is a third eleven um, South African side. Deep thought. I'm trying to phrase this carefully. I don't think you need just. You don't need to to phrase it carefully. I think. Uh, I think much it has been I, said about this, the way that I, South Africa has picked this test side. I, f- I feel for the players in this in the South African side because they chose to represent their country. They put their country first. They stuck their hand up to represent the Rainbow Nation, and and they should be very proud of having done so. But it's not the first choice bowling attack for South Africa. It's not the first choice batting attack for South Africa. They have been soundly beaten in both of these test match. 
well, against New Zealand so this, far. Well, one test match so far. Sorry, one test match so far. Um, Hopefully it'll make it two and, and uh, New Zealand will win the series, but didn't carry they, on. Didn't they, didn't they get smashed in the warm-up game too? No. Oh. Can you carry on? Oh, fair enough. But Bordy's got a prediction for the second <laughs> test. Sorry. But ca- carry on with your train of thought, Bordy, my, even my, if you're a test match ahead of yourself. Yes, yes, they, yes, they are. There is an asterisk against this test series for me because it's quite clearly not just... It's not just they're missing a couple of players. It's not like we're warming up for the World Cup and we've got three or four guys like Australia have against the West Indies, new players in their one-day setup. It's a completely different team, a completely different bowling attack. So without any disrespect to Neil Brand or any of the players that are in that South African side at the moment, they are not the first choice. And it does feel, having watched this first test match, sorry, I'm ahead of myself, just this first test match at least, that... Yeah, New Zealand have been given a bit of a gift and you can't look a gift in the mouth, you've got to take it. Yeah, and th- th- this is absolutely nothing against the, the Black Caps. Um, you know, let's talk about their, their, their performance because there's some individual performances in this, that test match that are that are pretty special. Um, but I, I do, look, I, I do feel pretty strongly that um, there, there needs to be some, you know, some legislation, I think, from the ICC around this Um you know, and, and to Bordy's point, I think he's been overly kind that these guys have chosen to represent South Africa. These guys have not got an SA T Twenty contract. Some, so David Bettingham's the, the only Bettingham exception. and, and yeah. one of the other betters chose not to play yeah. in that tournament. Um, I think for the majority of the rest of them, they probably wouldn't have been picked up in that SA T Twenty yes. anyway. Yeah, but yeah, New, New Zealand's performances in in the game, I, I guess. Uh, Let's start with Raj's man, uh, Ratchin. Well, I think just to, to kind of cover off what you guys have said, I, I'm i not going to argue with you that, yeah, this is not a, a South African side that, like, I think for, from New Zealand's point of view, they're on a hiding to nothing. Like, basically, the whole world is watching this. Yeah. And, and all, they, all they are watching to see is, like, does New Zealand falter against the South African side? Because they comfortably beat them and there'll be nothing, like, there'll be... Nobody. That's what everyone is expecting. Yep. So no now, one in New Zealand um, is talking up this test match, right? No, no. People, you know, you see comments online like this is a farce. This is, you know, and look, it's not quite a farce, but certainly, you know, you look at that bowling attack. It's it's not been a bowling attack that, uh, you know, it's not a bowling attack that any test lineup will be worried about when they go in to face them. So I think that the way New Zealand went about this and actually did everything, you know, I said they were on a hiding to nothing. They came out and delivered a hiding of their own, you know, like absolutely. They did what exactly what they needed to do. And I think in the way that they maybe have gone about this series, we'll see what happens in the second test in terms of how they pick their side. I think that they might be they might be using it in a really positive way. We saw Ratchan Ravindra, as you said, has been picked at, you know, he's been picked to come in at number four and he came in at four. They were actually in a, you know, they're in a bit of trouble. 39 for two, he comes in and him and Kane have to rebuild. But once, you know, they actually had a few shaky moments at the start. Mariki, mm. Mariki was going past the outside edge. Peterson was going past the outside edge. Mariki, you know. His I, first spell was good. Yeah, Mariki's. His first spell in test cricket was really good. Yeah. But, you know, they were able to build that partnership, get through that tough moment, and basically from then on, it was yeah. just a, a, a procession for New Zealand. Yeah. What, what do you think the Black Caps have learnt from this game, if anything, to prepare them for, I guess, Australia hitting their shores, which, again, I've kind of written down, like, we talked a hell of a lot when you had your Boxing Day test match a couple of years ago, that that was yeah. the opportunity. That, forget that. This now, I've got to be honest. That the fact that it's two test matches really winds me up. But let, let's not go into yeah. that. Um, but you know, forget that MCG game. This is a real opportunity, I think, where you've been pretty good at home for a long, long time. Um, know exactly how to play in these these conditions, and I, I think you you fancy being competitive against Australia. But what what you know what can you learn from this, or is this you know, just a bit of a tune up? Well, I think it's a tune-up in that sense that you're hoping to get everyone in form. But as I said before, like putting Ratchin in at four, that's huge. You know, yeah. he goes in now. Like I've seen so many comments. I was talking to Raj before this this podcast. You know, he said the most frustrating thing was you see him Ratchin score a hundred, and it wasn't like, hey, this is a great moment for this young kid. This there was all these articles that came out and all this these think pieces about oh ridiculous that New Zealand should have been picking this guy for the last two years instead of actually focusing on the fact that you know 
whether by good management or by a bit of good luck, I think that the way that Ruch and Ravindra's past 12 months have gone have been about exactly perfect. You know, he hasn't played every single game for New Zealand, but he's been, for two years now, been introduced into the New Zealand international environment. You know, brought in really young, brought in, you know, probably before he was he had deserved it from a first-class level, but the talent was clearly there. He's gone in and played bit part roles in, in all sorts of different environments, in white yep. ball cricket and in test cricket. He's been uh, an opener. He's been a closer. He's been uh, someone who, you know, comes in in test cricket and bats seven as a, as a spin bowling all-rounder, even though batting was is probably still his strongest point. Now they've gone, he has these moments at the World Cup where, again, good luck or good management that the the kind of cards fell, the Michael Bracewell and the, you know, Kane Williamson injuries meant that there was an opportunity for someone at the top of the order. They gave Rutchen that opportunity. He goes out, scores hundreds against three brilliant attacks, you know, is feeling on top of the world, gets an IPL contract that now he'll be with MS Dhoni. He'll be with Stephen Fleming. He doesn't play the Test Series in Bangladesh. Everyone blows up. Like, why, why are we not doing this? But that was a really tricky series. And whether, you know, whether you're protecting someone from that, I, I, I don't think that was the reason he wasn't picked. But now he goes in to Test Cricket as his first gig as a specialist batsman, even though he did bowl a few overs, against a weaker attack and scores a double hundred. And I'm sure that now, every time he pulls on that New Zealand shirt... He's going to feel a million dollars in whatever format he's playing. And he's 24. And now we've got 10 years of his international career to look forward to. So I, I, I just think, think this is a brilliant, brilliant, the way that has, you know, has, it has gone. Obviously, whether those 10 years will go how I want them to go or he wants them to go, who knows? He's got the platform for that 10, yeah. 10 years. And I, I think it has been management. Um, I think you've played a blinder in the way that you've done that over the course of the last couple of years. And that, that World Cup as well in India, and now, you know, a home series where he's, you know, chock full of confidence. Mm. Um, I'm really looking forward to him. You know, I don't want to skip ahead of the test match as Paul has already done, but I'm really looking forward to that first test against uh, Australia. Can I just let some air out of your tyres? Just, just a little oh, bit, because sure. I, think, I think you're right, but I disagree in a certain, to a certain extent. Sure. Rachin Ravindra has been identified as a, as a prodigious talent by New Zealand cricket for a long, long time. And in terms yep. of the exposure that he's been given to the squads and the different formats i completely agree where i disagree is that new zealand have for a time used him in a role that he is not best suited and that has led to criticism from people who are casual cricket fans going hey this guy batting at number seven's had no impact in odis he's not a terrific player as soon as new zealand put him in a position where he was in his preferred role i.e top of the order in white ball cricket, top four in uh, in red ball cricket, and you know opening in the World Cup in the white ball formats, that's when he super excelled. So I think the lesson from that is when you get a guy like this, you've got to put him in this position where he is best suited rather than trying to give him exposure in a, in a like in the bowling all-rounder spot because I don't think mm. he's best suited to that, right? It's better to have him in the side than not. I get it. But as soon as you give this guy responsibility, he pays you back in spades. And I think that's the lesson going forward. Yeah. And, and that's changed a bit in the last 15 years, right? Because I think historically... You bat at six. You bat at six. And then if you're good enough, you might bat at three. Yeah. Or um, you bat at five and then yeah. at four and then yeah. et cetera. You, um, you're absolutely, absolutely but, right. But absolutely spot on. I think the top order or in the top order is, is where, he, where he needs to be because... Again, I, I've probably not seen enough of his bowling, but he, he's a, he's going to be a batter who bowls a bit, I think, rather than a probably yeah. rather than a genuine. I, I think your, your hope is that he's you know in he's white a, ball he becomes an all rounder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but but yeah, I think there's a there's a long way to go before you can play him as Ravi Jadeja. You know, like that, yeah. Yeah, he's a long way but, from but, that. But he's somewhere between Kane and you know early Kane when Kane did bowl and Joe Root slash maybe even a, a Jadeja type. Somewhere, somewhere in there. But yeah, he's certainly a tremendous talent, as we all know. Are there positives from a New Zealand perspective? Nice to see Kyle Jamieson back fit and on the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, obviously Kane. Well, let me run off some Kane stats soon. But Kyle Jamieson, since you mentioned him, I think that's another sort of thing that New Zealand has kind of been able to tick off from this game. They've been able to go, okay, well, Kyle Jamieson's coming back from an injury himself. He, he still at times doesn't look like he's running in at 
full speed with full confidence in his back. So, you know, maybe I'm interested to see now what they do in the second test in terms of workloads and because part of me thinks he would really benefit from another test to be able to come and do this sort of stuff again. And um, But part of me thinks, well, you know, maybe they think, okay, well, he's played one test, let's now give him a bit of a rest and, and get him ready for this Australia series that I know everyone is, is so looking forward to. But I think that, again, we talked a lot about kind of the progression of New Zealand's team and the way that we're going to have to build because so many players are, are over 30. Moving Ratchin, obviously, we've got Ratchin in there now. We've got Phillips in there who looks to be becoming a, uh, an important part for balance reasons and for his skill reasons for in you know all for, formats as well. Kyle Jameson is, is a linchpin really for what this next New Zealand bowling attack is going to look like once Southie is gone, once, you know, Matt Henry is gone. Although, you know, maybe there's still a couple of years for those guys. Kyle Jameson's the one that people are going to want to be the leader of this attack. So giving him the opportunity to sort of be in that position to do that, even though Southie's still there, Henry's still there, putting him in those positions, I think, is, is really valuable and, and, and nice to see him kind of get those rewards. Absolutely. The, the thing I've liked from the New Zealand selection, other than the fact that they went with Rutchen, is they didn't hand too many caps out in this test series so far. We might see that change in the second test. Yeah, with Willow Rourke, maybe. Da- with Daryl Mitchell now being out of the second test. And, and I think it'll just be Will Young, but... It could be, but they they could elect to slide everyone up. You could see, you know, Blundell batting at six still. Phillips might bat at five. You might have, you know, Santner at seven, Jamison at eight, not a bad number eight, and then give Will Will O'Rourke a go. Um, But I like that New Zealand have still respected the opposition enough to pick their their best side and not handed out caps, you know, willy-nilly, as it were. Um, I I, I think it's really quite a good... As you, as you guys see, I mean, New Zealand's got a tough draw in this World Test Championship. Like, we've got Australia at home, we've got England at home. Those are two sides that, that always present challenges. We go to India, like we go to Sri Lanka. New Zealand needs to pick up these points. This is not a, like, you know, yes, the rest of the world is looking on this as, uh, you know, with, with an asterisk, but New Zealand needs these points and they have to go out and deliver. And like we said before, they have to go out and tune up for this Australia series and go in with everyone chock full of confidence and you know I think there are still some some questions to be answered there because mm. you know the Devin Conway's the big one I, I you know I was listening to a lot of the commentary on uh, on SENZ radio fantastic like that Ian Smith Jeremy Coney you know John Bracewell brilliant brilliant team I think if, you know anyone that can kind of line up that for the, the second test should, should do so you know Basically, their whole discussion around should New Zealand enforce the follow-on was Devin Conway needs some runs. <laughs> like, get get Devin Conway another bat because I think, you know, we've talked about it before, but I, I think he's up to nearly 20 innings now without a 50 since that 100 uh, against England. Commentators are talking about it. You know, everyone, I'm sure it's in his head. He needs some runs because he's a, such a critical part to this New Zealand side. And if he's not there, now Daryl Mitchell's, you know, under under an injury cloud. I didn't quite realise that his, you know, foot injury was was bad enough, but now they it's, you know, been ongoing enough that they, they feel he needs a, a bit of time for an extended rest. So he's going to miss the second test and the T20s against Australia. But, you know, he's he's a pretty critical part, Conway. And if, and if he's not going to... Like, that's the one thing I want to see from this next test is Devin Conway getting runs. At the risk of opening up a massive can of worms, we're already 47 minutes into this podcast and it's approaching, you know, it's not quite midnight, but it's pretty close. (laughs) At the risk of opening up a long conversation, is Devin Conway better off not opening the batting for New Zealand in tests and batting in the middle order somewhere where he doesn't have to face a swinging new ball all the time? Maybe. I mean, that's that's been the question all along, right? Everyone kind of thought that he was a middle-order player, you know, that four was his natural position to kind of come in and fill in for Ross Taylor. And then he obviously got, in his first test, the, the gap in the New Zealand side was at the top of the order. He comes in, scores a double hundred, and suddenly he's the, the opener going forward. It was the same with Tom Blundell. Tom Blundell had that opportunity at the top of the order. Mm. You know, sometimes you kind of just have to take where the gap is in the side, and he did so well at it, and he equipped himself so well that, you know, you looked at his next 10 tests or however many it's been and gone, why would we move him from opening? He's doing a great job. But yeah, maybe. I, I, the thing is that then 
you end up with the same kind of discussion on is it Ratchin that goes who, up who misses or, out yeah yeah or uh, does Ratchin have to go up and then maybe it's more difficult for Ratchin to work his way into his test career when he's going up and facing you know Mitchell it, Stark and Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood it, with a new ball here's a left field one for you Daryl Mitchell at the top of the order oh, I don't I, I don't quite like that I, I think Mitchell's Mitchell I mean Mitchell's been brilliant kind of wherever whatever he's you know whatever you ask Daryl Mitchell to do for New Zealand he's been fantastic but I think your ideal role for Daryl Mitchell is the Travis Head role coming in at five being able to turn a game you know that's yeah. that's what you want and he's sort of changed his well not quite changed his approach but he seems to have gone more and more towards the I'm going to come in and be super positive mm. and I'm not going to let any bowlers dominate me I'm not going to sit back and kind of get in a hole I'm going to make sure that no matter what I do I'm going to come out and, and advance the game along and I think that's that's quite crucial for New Zealand when you think about some of the players that we do have at the top of the order in the likes of Kane the likes of Tom Latham even the likes of Conway at times who are prepared to, to bat for long yep. periods yep. Yep. And Kane, you know, Kane especially in that first innings was a, a great example of that when it looked like, you know, it looked like he was kind of fighting himself almost more than the bowling. And and the thing is, you've got your best seven batters there down to Phillips and including Blundell, I think. So, yeah, um, it, yeah it's how you shuffle those, uh, how you shuffle that deck, I think. Yeah. So, Lippy, looking forward to the, the second test. Um, Bordy talked a little bit about the, the permutations. Anything you'd like to see in that second game? I don't know that there's anything I'd like to see. I'm really, I am really interested to see what they do do in terms of the selection because, yeah, I think the batting wise it'll be a straight swap. Will Young will come in, and and actually that might be your opportunity to say, Will Young, okay, you open, you open with Tom Latham, and we'll push, uh, we'll push Devon Conway down to four, or even five. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that you'd want to do that if well, he's then got, going to go up and well, open against Australia. Well, like, and a guy's just got 240 batting at four. Yeah, I think I'm going to lock that in I'm not moving week, him. next week. I exactly. Think. So, you know, but anyway, it gives the opportunity. Will, Will Young batting at five is not really a like-for-like like because him and Daryl Mitchell are quite different players. But but anyway, I think Will Young's the next cab off the rank. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll probably come in there on the batting. But what they do on the bowling front is, is fascinating because, you know, you've seen a side which... I think, you know, with Ratchin, with Phillips, with Santner playing in this game, who I thought was really, really really good. good. Yeah, varied his pace as well. Seemed to have a bit of confidence. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, that I mean, that's another thing that could be really huge for New Zealand. Like, if they can... I mean, there's... There's a lot of negativity around Santner still for some reason at the test level. You know, oh, I, I like see him. I see a lot of comments uh, about, oh, you know, I wish... Why isn't AJ's playing here to Santner and all these kind of things? But I think the thing is that casual followers of the game probably haven't realised that since Mitchell Santner first started in Test Cricket his bowling has developed a huge amount and particularly in the last 12 months we talked about it during the World Cup the way he's able to mix up his pace, his control's always been there but the way he's managing his pace and his Mm. flight and getting more spin, like now he is spinning the ball Mm. whereas before he was, it was sort of slow spin but he was able to like the I mean, look, it's number ten for South Africa, Moreki. He bowled him a ball that you know, big spinner, out, you know, spun past the the outside edge of the bat. Next ball bowls a straight one, wrapped on the pads, gone. Like that's perfect spin bowling planning, and you can't do that if you can't turn the ball. You know, like you have to have the skills mm. to be able to set up batters like that. Mm. And when you look through that lineup with those three bowlers it gives you so many options about what you're able to do and and even if they decide we don't want to pick Santner we don't need another specialist spinner even just having Ratchin and Phillips who can come in and bowl some overs means when you play your four seamers in New Zealand you've kind of got your you've got a you've still got a balanced a, attack a bit of backup yeah yeah so yeah I, I, what I think what what the question is now going to be is the seamers right because Neil Wagner missed out in this in sele- on selection in this game everyone's kind of going now gee it'd be fun to see Will O'Rourke get a crack against this South African side an opportunity but how does that play out like Neil Wagner was obviously next cow off the rank before I think you know what Neil Wagner can do and you know whether or not he's in the plans for those test matches against Australia um, you don't want a, a situation where for example um, Jameson goes down, you lose another seamer on the morning of the game and Willow Rourke's debuting against Australia. Mm. So for me, I, I think um, I'd, go, I'd go with a way of trying to have a look at him. 
Um, but there is that balance that, you know, this is the World Test Championship and you've got a real opportunity to put the foot on the throat and, uh, you know, win a game in three days and, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, go to Millbrook and play some golf. <laughs> I, I think it's, without trying to cheapen the cap, I think giving Willow Rourke an opportunity... I don't in this think test, it is cheap. It ma- makes sense. Yeah. It, it does make sense, particularly if you go, okay, we're going to rest Kyle Jamison to keep him fresh yeah. for the Australia Series. Those... You can see the line of thinking that makes sense there, and it's not cheapening the black cap to give Will O'Rourke a go just to have him, just well, to give him he, a go. He, he deserves the he opportunity. He deserves an to be opportunity, squad, yeah. and I think having him come in for Jamison is a reasonable management decision to rest him given his injury history and, and keep him fresh for the Australia series and all the rest of it. Well, I think the interesting question, one that they're going to have pretty soon when they go to, you know, some of these uh, to Sri Lanka or at India is, is whether it's actually viable for Tim Southey to be the captain of the side, because, you know, he, like he's still an excellent bowler. He's still able to run and do what he's doing. But I think if everyone's fully fit, if you're only picking a couple of seamers in those conditions, I think Jameson and Henry are probably above him in terms of that picking order. We've got Will O'Rourke coming in, who we hope is, is going to perform. And and even in this test, right, for example, I think the one you'd want to rest or say, we don't, like, we know exactly what you do. We don't need you to, like, unless, you know, I mean, no, no they all want to play. Like, yep. that's the thing, yeah. you know, you guys are mentioning that about Neil Wagner. He'll be desperate to play, desperate to get out on the field. It's been, it's been a while since he's been back on the field for New Zealand so none of those guys will want to sit out but I think from a you know from a planning point of view Saudi's the one that you I would think we don't really like if we're going to rest someone let's rest Saudi mm. and kind of keep Jameson keep Henry yeah keep those guys going sorry to borrow a to borrow a lead in from you the Saudi thing is different though in that his variation like Santner's is subtle and I don't think casual yeah. fans appreciate the, the subtlety of, of, of his variation yeah, and, and how important he is to the New yeah, Zealand he's, side he's really grown as a bowler particularly away from home Tim yeah. So oh, I don't disagree yeah, I, I, I think you know I'm not going to put him quite in the same class as, as, as Jimmy but um, he's a guile he, bowler he's a guile bowler he's not as quick as he used to be but he still does you know the old cliche of half a bat width, which is which is what you need to do to get mm. good good players uh, good players out. Let's come on to whether Tim Savvy can cling on to the Black Caps captaincy for a little while longer <laughs> in a future podcast. Is there anything else we want to cover in the last? Can three I minutes? just rattle off some Kane stats? Because he he, I mean, should we put it in the Patreon? Go on, carry on. He, look, he is unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I guess the question, because look, I'll, I'll just rattle off some stats. He obviously got double, you know, 100 in, in both innings of this test, and we haven't even really talked about him. He really struck, like, looked like he was struggling a bit in that first innings. It was hard work for him. Second innings comes out, paces the innings perfectly, did exactly what New Zealand needs to do. You know, he has now, that's his 31st hundredth. He has the best ratio of tests, a bit of innings to hundreds for anyone over 30 hundreds, which is pretty spectacular. He's 13th all time, one behind Steve Waugh and, and Steve Smith. He has 100, I believe, in every calendar year of the past 12. He's only the fifth New Zealander now to score hundreds in both innings of a test. Francis Payne had a really interesting stat that in the past three years, Kane's gone past 50 uh, 11 times. He scored 50 not out in the World Test Championship final. On the other 10 times, he's gone on to score hundreds. So has never been dismissed in the last three years between 50 and 99. So basically, once he gets going, he goes on and, and like makes that. it a, a really big score. He's the number one in the in the World Test rankings. Uh, you know, But I still feel like people outside of New Zealand kind of don't think that that's appropriate. You know, People kind of pick on his... Uh, record away from home which I think is still not too bad but you know he still has uh, he's, his his figures are lower in, in against some of those nations but yeah I, I just don't know who like who else actually would be a better test batter than him in the world at the moment I, I don't think you can you can name anyone quite very easily one two three Virat Kohli well but he had his maybe he had, he had his struggles for a long time as well, and I he think did. that's what you don't see about Kane. I think his consistency has been absolutely remarkable. I mean, you, yeah, okay, look, the next seven players on that list, Smith, Are Root, still recording? Daryl yes. Mitchell, Barbara Azam, Usman Kawaja, Virat Kohli, the next six behind Kane. I know who I would want to bat for my life, you know? It would be Kane all of those times. I'd want my mum. 
not a tremendous technique, but at least she'd care. She'd care. <laughs> she would care. Sorry, that's a that's a borrowed phrase from Dennis Committee. I must say that's not an original. It's not a ball the original. Right. And um, there is one more stat. He can be the first New Zealander to score a hundred on a leap year. February the twenty ninth. New Zealand, oh. Australia. Yes. Which might but which I've made that up by the way, but it's uh Based in reserve. So we're looking forward to that. Well, and the Hagley tests, which we are, are planning to be in attendance, might well be his 100th test. So that could be a, a wonderful occasion. Mm, right. Special. Rice. Be cool. I think that's it. Mm, we've done it. We've done again, it. Again, again. Yeah. So uh, you've been tuning into the Cam Williamson Fan Club <laughs> podcast for the, yeah. last, the last three or four minutes. Look, it is look, fantastic to be seen. Red Bull cricket dominate the airwaves over the course of the last little while we'll be looking forward of course um, to that next uh, Black Caps test match and then in around about a week's time we'll be back on the airwaves to talk about England continuing a series in India at Rajkot but for now it is good night and good bless from us all here on the Top Order podcast in Auckland um, we'll see you soon good night <laughs>